If we're being real, it's getting hot in here. Wooey, like a white dwarf. <laughs> All right then. Uh, that's right. It's hot take Tuesday. Don't you want the context on that one? Are you going to say, let's go, let's just get into it. Let's go. I've learned not to ask. Well, now I feel like I have to explain with this one, though. A white dwarf is a star, and it's over 200 million degrees. Not going to lie, that's not what I thought you were talking about. <laughs> that's why I felt like I needed to explain that. So go ahead, your hot take. Anyway, uh, let's get into it. My hot take today is about sports analysts. You hear it all the time when they start talking about, oh, this player's done this thing, oh, this player's done that thing, and they never take into consideration what's happened in the past or the circumstances around what happened. Now, it's one thing if they're saying they couldn't get it done on the last drive, right, over a 20-year span. Correct. Yeah, that is an issue if they can't get it done over a 20-year span, can't get a drive done or something like that in the NFL, right? But... What I'm talking specifically is actually in the NBA. I absolutely hate that they were talking about Nikola Jokic like he couldn't play basketball in the playoffs, like he sucked, like he would never be able to get to the NBA Finals, and that he shouldn't be winning the MVPs because he's not having success in the playoffs. Now, under some circumstances, I may agree, but under these circumstances, definitely not. Once Nikola Jokic turned into the MVP that he is, his team was not around him. He was missing Jamal Murray because, if you remember, he basically missed the majority of two years. And Michael Porter Jr. was also dealing with injury issues. What is Nikola Jokic supposed to do? Drag a team where he doesn't have his second and third best player around him to the finals and win the NBA championship? I hate when analysts are like, yeah, Nikola Jokic can't get it done. It's like, no, this dude didn't have any help. You need help to win the NBA championship. If he's the only one out there who can play basketball, don't get me wrong, obviously the other players can play basketball, but if they're not good enough to be super helpful in the playoffs, then it's basically five on one. What is he supposed to do? You're right. I think the biggest thing that I really hate about this is when they're using analytics from the postseason to talk about who should get the MVP in the regular season. Those two do not relate. The regular season, they give an MVP for the guy who does the best in the regular season, not for the guy who does best in the playoffs or is projected to do best in the playoffs. Completely different things. But it also, you have to think about this too. The MVP is most valuable. It's also not best player. Just because Joel Embiid was the best player in this year's regular season doesn't mean he was the most valuable player this regular season. Yeah, we talked about this actually earlier on a different episode, I'm pretty sure, where we were comparing, um, was it Embiid and Giannis or Embiid and Jokic? Like, we were talking about all that. It was Embiid and Giannis. Yeah, so, I mean, I agree with you on the sense of most valuable doesn't mean the best. In this sense, I did say best. I understand that. But I was basically just saying that it doesn't matter anything other than the regular season. We're not talking postseason when they're making those votes. Exactly. And when you go and you look at those two years, he basically was dragging a team that shouldn't be doing anywhere near as good as they were doing into one of the better seeds in the Western Conference. Yeah, you know what that means? That means he was very valuable and he should have been the MVP. But that doesn't mean just because he didn't have success in those playoffs because he had no help doesn't mean he shouldn't be the MVP or isn't one of the best players in the league. No, like... He clearly is super talented, 
He's honestly one of the most skilled big men offensively of all time. I mean, this dude can do basically anything offensively. Is this hot take turning into a how good he really is versus how everybody says he is? No, I just, I mean, I guess a little bit, but it's stupid how analysts are always like, oh, just because he had two bad years because he had no help. That means that this year they shouldn't be doing anything because they didn't do anything in the last two years. It's like, no, he didn't have help. There were injury issues. Once his team is fully back to being healthy, let's see what the team can do. Then after that, if they fail this year, which by the way, they really haven't, but if they fail this year, then you can be having those discussions, but you can't be having discussions about it before he actually has the full team around him. I think this is where it's kind of a two-faced argument because a lot of these analysts do the exact opposite for LeBron or guys of LeBron's caliber. They will look at everybody around him on the team and be like, oh, you know, yeah, last year he didn't have any help, and the year before there were injuries, and it was just him by himself, so this year he's going to do so much better. They don't do that with him. Right. Sports analysts, TV personalities, whether it's their actual opinions or if they're just doing it based off of the people that watch their shows, right, they always have a double standard when it comes to these different things. Like, analysts are now giving Kevin Durant credit for the championships, when he was with the Warriors. No, those championships don't count. The championships don't count for the Warriors either. Guess what? A team that loaded, if you lost a championship, that's absolutely pathetic. I hate the double standards. Like you said, with LeBron, they'll give excuses for certain players and they won't give it to others. They've been given excuses for Joel Embiid, but guess what? They weren't doing it for Nikola Jokic. And Jokic didn't have his teammates. Joel Embiid did, they just sucked. All right, back it up, back it up. Mr. Ben Simmons can't do a layup. Back it up. Mr. James Harden getting blown out in the last game. Hold up. I'm backing it up. The Warriors championships count because they freaking won, but I'm with you on that they're stupid because they were so stacked. But I'm not going to go as far as saying they don't count. I'll give them a quarter of a championship for each one they won. So they total, they got a half a championship. I mean, you can call it a stupid championship just like the freaking bubble. Like, that's so dumb. That one counts less than the freaking Warriors championship. I don't know about that one. They played with electronic fans. Who was beating the team, though? Who was beating the freaking 73-win Warriors adding Kevin Durant? Nobody. Injuries. The injury guy who was like, you know what? You guys ruined the NBA. That's right. You all are going to be injury prone for the rest of your careers. Suck it. That's just a freaking phenomenal team. That doesn't mean that counts less. I think it's stupid. I don't think you should have a team that stacked. And while they're incredibly stacked, other teams should have at least been trying to get that stacked. No, Well, the thing is, nobody could. That was the issue. Kevin Durant was a free agent at the exact perfect time. And then he went to the Warriors at the exact perfect year for them to build an incredibly stacked team, the most stacked team in NBA history. How are they going to lose? They couldn't. I agree, but still a championship, unfortunately. Get on with yours trying to argue their Warriors championships count. They didn't. Nobody can say that they count. They count for nothing. Jack squat crap championships. All right, calm yourself. They counted. No, now I'm just going to argue with whatever your hot take is just because. Listen, I, I hate the argument of taking championships away from places because this is the whole thing with the Astros and all the cheating and then going back to the Red Sox when they were winning and cheating going on there. There's cheating everywhere. There's stupid teams. Everything's going to happen. If you want to say that it's a dumb championship and that it probably shouldn't have counted, but you can't just outright say it didn't count. 
Are you giving Kevin Durant any credit for those championships? No, I won't give him credit saying like, oh, that was a phenomenal performance or okay. anything. But the team has a championship. That's all I'm saying. The team got the championship. So the team got a championship, but the players get absolutely no credit for it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, that's basically what I was trying to say. You were freaking saying that they didn't count. <laughs> well, I ain't going to count those when it comes to like, oh, are they the best dynasty ever? Those two championships didn't count, really. It was just how they going to lose those. They couldn't. That's a whole different topic. So if we talk about that, and like when we're talking legacy, we're not going to count that championship in KD's legacy or anything. Obviously, I'd help. You can't count that championship in Curry's legacy when you're talking about that. I was talking about genuinely just counting a championship for the team. All right. I'm still going to argue with you. Let's, let's move it on. Yeah, but we're closer to not arguing. <laughs> All right. My hot take today is bringing it back a little bit old school. Like 80s basketball so we can just, like, clothesline the guys and not be a foul or flagrant foul? That'd be awesome. I wish, but we're going back to actually a bigger fight, but also we're going back to the 1960s. Didn't know you were that old. Old soul. All right. My hot take today is that Nolan Ryan is 100,000% one of, if not the best pitcher in MLB history. Can't agree with you. Championships don't count. <laughs> Have you seen his team play in the regular season or postseason? There wasn't a lot to argue with. <laughs> I could argue with you, though. <laughs> Listen, everybody online for some reason lately has been talking about Clayton Kershaw and how they would 100% rather have him over Nolan Ryan. Nah, Clayton Kershaw sucks. Dude gets in the playoffs and he's like, what's a baseball? Let me just throw this into the stands when I'm trying to throw a strike. He sucks in the playoffs. Get out of here. Guess what I just made? You come back on my side because you're on Team Nolan Ryan now. It's more like I'm not on Team Clayton Kershaw. I agree with you. And Clayton Kershaw's always hurt too. But let me throw some Nolan Ryan stats at you because forget about Clayton Kershaw for a second. I still believe that Nolan Ryan is 100% one of, if not the best pitcher of all time. I mean, if you want to say Clayton Kershaw is the best regular season pitcher of all time, you have a better argument for that. But oh, postseason, he's trash. I'm cutting he's you trash. off. I'm cutting you off right there. I'm about to throw some regular season stats at you that are going to absolutely blow your mind for Nolan Ryan. You ready for this? Let me hear. All right. So, Nolan Ryan, first off, made his debut in 1966 at 19 years old. He pitched until he was 46 in 1993. He threw for four different decades. Talk about longevity. Yeah. And talk about how pitchers get hurt all the time nowadays. Absolute opposite with this. Literally, here's this. He threw 235 pitches in a single game, pitching into the 13th inning and only gave up three runs. Then, three days later, made his start again. How many pitches? 235. Man, some pitchers don't even make it past 100 nowadays. Most pitchers. I know. They get yanked around 80 or 90. He threw 235, pitched the whole game, pitched into the 13th inning, and still started three days later, and still pitched for 40 years. I mean, think about it today. DeGrom walks out to the to the mound and gets injured. Like, he ain't even come close to that. And it's not like he was throwing soft either. You ready for this? So, back then when they were calculating how fast pitches were thrown, they calculated based on how fast the ball was when it crossed home plate. Nowadays, they're always calculated out of the pitcher's hand. So they're going to be faster out of the pitcher's hand versus when they cross the plate. Back then, in the ninth inning of throwing an entire game, he was still 101 miles an hour when it crossed the plate. Doing calculations on how quick it was coming out of his hand, he was throwing 109 miles an hour. 
Hang on. So you tell me pitchers nowadays aren't as fast as the pitchers back in the day, even though they keep saying they're just as fast? 100%. I mean, some are certain. There are guys throwing 101, 104. They're 100% as fast, if not faster. But Nolan Ryan was freaking next level, and every single hitter that faced him was scared to face him because of how hard he was throwing. Well, I mean, if they're calculating at different spots of those, like those guys could have been just as fast, but since the ball's slowing down by the time they calculate it, that's not even a fair comparison. Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah, and you got to keep in mind, though, a lot of those guys were throwing in the low 90s, which would calculate up to maybe mid to upper 90s. It's not like they were all throwing 100 back in the day. It's still a lot closer than people say it is, though. Yeah, I mean, it certainly is a lot closer. And Nolan Ryan was just next level. So let's get out of just like how fast he threw and how long he played. Let's get into some actual stats here. So he threw seven no-hitters across his entire career. That is three more than second place. There were only six players total, including him, to have three or more no-hitters. One season, he threw two no-hitters in the same freaking season. Throughout his career... He had 12 one-hit games, which is tied for the most one-hitters. <laughs> he also had 18 two-hit games, which is tied for the most two-hit games. He holds the all-time record for the lowest hits per nine innings and is the only pitcher to have over 5,000 career strikeouts. I can't whistle anymore, but that's kind of crazy. I'm not done yet either. He led the league in strikeouts 11 times. And you know how like 200 strikeouts per season is considered like a really great season for a lot of pitchers? Yeah. <laughs> the whistling got you tired. <laughs> Love it. He had over 200 strikeouts 11 seasons. Jeez, that's longer than most players' careers when you add up all the games they play in a regular season nowadays. Yeah, and his most strikeouts in the season was 384, which is the record. And the next year to back up his 384, he did 367. He almost doubled the 200 strikeouts. Dang. Put him out there. Ain't nobody going to be able to hit. No. And even in his 43-year-old season, he still threw a no-hitter, which is the oldest ever to throw a no-hitter. So it's not like he really petered out at the end of his career. Well, it's kind of crazy. I mean, when you hear about, like, best MOB players, I feel like his name doesn't really even come up all that much. No, and it doesn't, and it's because his team was so terrible, which is why he kept throwing so much, is because this dude had such a competitive mindset that he wanted to win at all costs. He knew his bullpen sucked. He was never getting any run support, so he's sitting there throwing into the ninth, into the 10th, 11th, 12th inning just because he gave up one run, and the team couldn't score more than one run. Uh, that's kind of crazy. All right, he had 324 total career wins, which is way low for how much he probably should have just based on his team. He's known for walking a lot of people and being wild, which put more fear into the batters because he wouldn't be afraid to throw at somebody. And even when he was walking people, he was striking out the next batters and moving on. It didn't matter. He was a nut. Literally, in his last season in the majors, when he's 46 years old, he threw a pitch and hit a 26-year-old hitter who then charged the mound. Well, guess what Nolan Ryan did? Old man Nolan threw him in a headlock and started beating the absolute crap out of him until he had his blood on Nolan's jersey. Don't know if that necessarily makes him one of the best of all time, okay? <laughs> it was by far the awesomest thing to ever see that when a batter charges the pitcher, he stands up for himself and takes him out. Well, don't mess with Texas, I guess. All right, so with all that being said, here's the thing. 
He's never won a Cy Young Award. So you're trying to tell me that he was never the best pitcher in any one of his seasons? Are we going back to sports analysts? Don't know how to put things into perspective? <laughs> and that is the full circle here today, folks. Yes, it is. Analysts do not understand what's going on. Literally, people will say that he didn't win due to his team not winning. But look at guys like Trout. He's won MVPs and his team has sucked so much throughout his entire career. People say that it's because of his walks. Well, walks are the same as like a batter striking out. It doesn't matter how many times you strike out nowadays when you're hitting home runs. Now I want to argue with that, but guess what? Nolan Ryan was striking out enough people that even though he was getting a lot of walks, it didn't matter. He was doing amazing. Yeah, I mean, if he's not letting them score, it doesn't really matter if he's walking people. If they can't score, like, who cares? He walked two guys in that inning. They didn't score a run. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It literally pisses me off that he doesn't have a Cy Young. And he is one of, if not the best pitchers of all time. I will argue that until my grave. End of rant. Well, he definitely argued until his grave. <laughs> Scared the piss out of me, but I'm still alive. <laughs> Man, my heart's pounding. <laughs> gotcha. Well, at the end of the day, it seems like we had the same takes and it didn't even matter. Was this payback for the white dwarf thing? Either that or argue with me about the Warriors championships, I told you. Hey, we had the same hot take at the end of the day. It didn't matter. It's kind of crazy. We didn't even realize. That's why we don't plan stuff. Makes it more fun when it comes out that way. Well, all right. Get us out of here. All right. Thanks for watching. Remember, love us, hate us. It don't matter. We're just being real.